What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. I am your host, Josh, and I'm excited to jump right into it. I have Excuse no... me. I forgot my co-host. You forgot to. <laughs> Dude, I'm right here. here. He's here with his co-host, KG, in the house. You wow. Know, they probably got scared for a second. I, I think people had a little heart attack. Yeah, they probably you know, thought I wasn't there. Them. And I'm sure people are like, you know, mouthing it along and they're like, whoa. Where's that, the co-host? That'll throw him off. I mean, I'm here, you know, sometimes you'll forget fired about up? me. Uh, I'm fired up as usual. I mean, for our, sec- <laughs> our, our set 200th episode, we're going to put together a compilation of me saying I'm fired up because... Because you have a coffee. <laughs> um, I've got, you know, a coffee, a Starbucks coffee. Shout out to Adriana. She gave it to me for free. So you always, you know, value free stuff. I enjoy it. And uh, I'm pumped. Well, that was a, an intro if we've ever had one. Yeah. It's about as uh, good as the rest of them. And we realized we filmed the mammoth of an episode last week, which we're pretty hyped with. But um, it seems like it didn't get as many views. So maybe people weren't ready for it. But, you know, hopefully those of you that are enjoying these longer episodes can let us know by leaving a review. Uh, that'd mean the world. But before we get into it, Kyle, do you have a quote for us? I've got a quote for you. And this resonated with me yesterday because one of my clients, I believe, brought it up. Uh, the only bad workout is the one that you didn't do. And I love this one. You know, I feel like a lot of you guys, probably every single one of you can relate. And I'm aside from probably getting injured in the gym, uh, if you ever have, you know, I guarantee you probably have never gone in there, gotten a workout in, even if it's 30, 40, 20 minutes, whatever it is, and said, wow, I really wish I didn't do that workout. I feel horrible now. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people, uh, I find, make excuses and like they say they don't have time and they're like, it's hard to get into the gym. But once you do, you're going to feel great. So get yourself in there. That's it. For my quote, Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And I think that's huge because, you know, a lot of people in fitness, business, no matter what you have it, you know, they think success is something you can kind of reach, you know, and just maintain that. And then that's good enough, you know, and even I had a prospect come in yesterday, you know, to potentially start personal training. And, you know, he has this goal for three months. I said, listen, I'll take care of you. You'll transform in three months. But it's important what you do after those three months too. You know, I don't want you to become so consumed with this goal that you think you can just, you know, floor it and then let off the gas and coast. You know, once you get to that success, it's not, you know, your final destination. You need to build off that. You need to continue. And at the same time too, you got to be not afraid to fail. So I thought that was a really cool quote, even though I just Googled it. I love it. It really fired me up. Um, So, you know what? I'm actually going to write that one down. So once again, that success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Okay, next we have client shout outs. Who do you got, Kyle? I've got Yasmin, uh, and this is what I love doing. You know, a lot of times I'll mention personal training clients and online uh, training clients, but um, I love, you know, since we have Josh and myself a huge background of online coaching help, you know, sometimes we have clients that come in to see us uh, anywhere from one to four times per week. Um, and then like anyone, you know, who especially is only coming in once a week, we have to use our online coaching work and help them with their tracking and, you know, make sure that they're doing the outside workouts and homework and accountability. And it's kind of cool because, you know, if someone maybe doesn't have like a budget for like a full trainer, um, we can kind of mix everything and give them a lot of value and help them out. And this character, Yasmin, she's doing an amazing job. I know she's probably listening to uh, this podcast, but we just did her monthly measurements. Um, The first one was October 1st. The second one was November 1st. And overall, there was eight inches lost total. And then the one that she was really happy about, she was running around the gym saying she lost four inches off the waist. You know, I told her to sell down because it was 3.5, but I was just joking around. <laughs> told her to settle that I said, down. hey, listen, it's only 3.5. We still got work to do. Um, but she was really happy all in all. It was just kind of a joke. 
because um, she was rounding up. But either way, like um, an inch off the arms, uh, 1.5 inches off the shoulders. Uh, and then like the main one was the um, was the stomach area. So um, huge shout out to her because she's really kind of pushed herself to jump into the personal training slash online coaching that we've been doing. And I really appreciate and I want to give a shout out to every single one of you that's been working with Josh and myself because sometimes people struggle with saying that they need help or just a little bit of accountability. And I really, you know, uh, recommend anyone who does need help to reach out to us or anybody. Uh, and if you can actually sit down and admit that and just like reach out, even if it's just for like a one month term or two month or whatever it is, uh, you know, you'll see great success. And I, uh, highly, and I just wanted to show like gratitude for those of you who are able to kind of step out of your comfort zone and hire someone to help you out. That's awesome. For me, I'm going to shout out my buddy, Jeremy. So, um, this is one of my friends that I've known for a very long time. And, uh, he said, yo, we should hit the gym sometime. So long story short, we went to the gym, you know, we just did like a light play around day for me. We did shoulders and just a little bit of legs. Um, you know, nothing too nuts for me. Um, but he, the workout ended up being too intense for him, you know, once again, it wasn't my craziest workout or anything that he actually ended up puking. Um, and you know, I've never had a client puke or anything cause I know how to taper it. But when people try to hang with me, you know, they haven't necessarily worked with me. I think the last three people, well, actually, sorry, I've probably done legs with five people I'd say, and three out of the five have puked, which is hilarious. So dude literally hurled. Um, you know, and he's a hard worker too, you know, he's pushing, he was stepping up to the challenges. But what I really want to commend is, you know, after that, he said, listen, if I puke from one of your workouts, like, you know, I'm motivated, I want to do this, like, I want to have a more challenging routine, because obviously, I think I can push myself harder, I want to realize my full potential. And of course, you know, he's not necessarily going to get pushed to my level of volume as a 10 year lifter. Um, but it was just cool to see, you know, he stepped from a challenge. And, you know, sometimes I think people that are in your friendship groups, or, you know, they're close to you in those ways have trouble, you know, reaching out and saying, Hey, I want to work with you on a professional um, capacity. I want to pay you. I want to be serious about this. So I really commend him for doing that. And, you know, I think too many people, when it's someone they know, they take favors or me and Kyle will even, you know, there's a few people that are really close to us that we'd love to help, but that don't necessarily take it serious, you know, cause it's just, it's hard bridging that divide. So big shout out to that. I thought that's pretty hilarious. What a beauty. Jeremy's the man. Jared Bear. All Jared right. Bear. Mailbox Monday. Mailbox Monday. First question. What are some solutions to having low energy? I find I get really tired at random points through the day and I find myself yawning quite often. And usually this can lead into my workouts where I don't feel like doing them and I usually skip half. What are some tips to combat this? That is a huge question. That's a great question. This is a title if I've ever heard of yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. That's why we, we put this one number one. So I love this question. And um, you know, I actually have a great example even. I have one client who I'm working with. Um, you know, she she looks fine. Don't get me wrong. Like she, you know, she came to me. She's skinny. She probably is a really like desirable body. You know that a lot of people would say, oh, this is actually my goal body. However, she felt, you know, she just feels so weak. She felt scrawny. You know, just because she was skinny, she didn't want to be here, and she just wasn't eating enough food. Oh my god, her to start logging. She was eating three to four hundred calories a day. So when she used to come in, she would yawn no matter what time for an hour straight yawn 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 you could really see it and then slowly we've reintroduced calories into her diet you know got her eating at a normal amount um because i like incentivizing people with that you know if they're a personal training client i have them eat their calories and if not um you know there'll be a challenge like 100 jumping jacks or you know 100 superman something you know that's like oh i don't want to do this or burpees so I have her eating at a normal amount of calories, 
for her height and weight. So she's up to 1300 from 400. And she's actually, you know, even losing more weight, like the waist is even tightening up, she's shaping out. And I haven't seen her yawn in weeks, um, which is incredible. So if you can really focus on your diet, eat the right foods and make sure you're consuming enough food that's going to help. Because if you're not supplying your body with enough fuel, you know, it's going to feel depleted, it's going to yawn, you're going to get signals like that. The next one is sleep. Sleep is a very obvious uh, way to fix low energy. You know, sleep is so important. You definitely want to make sure you're getting upwards of seven plus hours. And, you know, people that say, oh, I can function on three or four, uh, even though you might think you can, you know, studies would argue you can't. Maybe like 1% of the population has a specific gene where they can actually handle less sleep. And a lot of people seem to think that's them, but reality is that's probably just not the case. So you need to be real with yourself and find the time to go ahead and get more sleep. Um, my next one is, you know, make sure you're hitting the gym and make sure you're doing a reasonable amount of volume in the gym. Don't overextend yourself, but challenge yourself. It's interesting. When I don't work out, I feel more sore and tired when I'm not working out versus when I work out, I feel more energized, feel more accomplished. And, you know, I can really bring my energy up. And I really, I heard someone speaking, you know, and they say a lot of people aren't necessarily tired or sad or something. Maybe they're just not challenged. You know, they're not active enough. They're bored. So, you know, when you're bored and you have nothing to do and you just feel lethargic and you just want to sit around and go, Ugh, what should I do? Like that's going to make you feel low energy. Whereas when you constantly have a goal and you're challenging yourself and you're jumping from opportunity to opportunity, you're focusing on self-growth, you know, you can really enjoy your rest times better because you can feel you've accomplished enough in the day and that can be a great source for energy. Past that, I think would be caffeine consumption. If you can moderate that. So I've actually been tapering down a little bit myself and I've found days where I even have less caffeine I almost feel more energized than when I have a ton because my moods are so up and down um, but I like to use it intelligently so days I train I take pre-workout and I have about 200 grams more of caffeine than I normally do so most days I'll have two coffees plus that pre-workout when I train and I'll remove that pre-workout when I don't train and I found that's been a huge um, thing to really help me out you got any uh, other tips yeah past so that? I definitely agree with everything Josh said and those are huge factors and mine's going to be a little bit different huge it's not going to be exactly uh, <laughs> nutrition, sleep, or or you know uh, workout related. Um, but I think the reason a lot of people, and I say this because I'm speaking for myself, especially uh, have low energy, is because they're just not doing enough of what excites them. Um, so this is you know hmm. something obviously not fitness related, um, but it's something that I feel like can definitely help contribute to having more energy. So I have a quote. I've actually had these like in my favorite album because I always like to go back to it because I feel like whenever I'm, whenever I'm in a slump or when I just like, you know, when I meet up with Josh at like 930, which is when we usually meet up, if I have low energy, it's not usually for me because of like the whole sleep aspect or anything like that. It's usually just because like I just really haven't done much or like I'm just not like too excited about stuff. Um, it's just, it was a crappier morning or a crappy day or something like that. So I have a quote here. You often feel tired, not because you've done too much, but because you've done too little of what sparks a light in you. And a lot of times people think they need like vacations, they need like time off or they just, you know, need to stop doing stuff, but they're actually in reality, not doing enough stuff of what is like giving them energy and pumping them up. And there was another one by uh, Tom Bilyeu. If you're tired, you don't need rest. You need crap that you're excited about. And I just try to find things that kind of pump me up. And I highly recommend anyone who's just like low energy to try to find things that'll kind of get you going in the morning and, you know, get you uh, pretty excited. And then the last thing um, for me is just like the whole, you know, um, aside from sleep, just not like being able to find regular times to go to bed or just like, you know, pressing the snooze button in the morning. I find there's like, this is one of my weekly goals is to stop, um, spending time in bed in the morning. So I have my alarm set for six and lately I've been like staying until like six Oh five and six ten. And even if it's like 10 or 15 minutes, I truly do find my energy, 
really suffers because I'm just allowing myself to kind of relax and like think it's okay to do that. And I highly recommend just jumping right out of bed. And this is something I'm trying to implement to give myself more energy for the day. Okay. I love that. That's a great tip through and through. And to add on, um, you know, instead of necessarily just getting more sleep, get better sleep. So I like his point. I think probably for like a good year, two years, I've made it a habit. I'd say, you know, 99 out of 100 days as soon as i hear my alarm i force myself to jump out of bed like i've made a habit just to say one two jump and i jump with as much power as i can because i know i need that willpower and the second i'm out of my bed the better because you know maybe like two or three years ago i sat and you know i'd look at my phone and it's just such wasteful and i find if you start your day you know procrastinating you know even getting out of bed it's not going to be a good catalyst to motivate you going forward and it's really going to affect your energy so the mental signaling of actually starting strong and you know having a great morning routine like we've spoken to before are going to be some big um, following success factors and to the point of quality of sleep um, if you go to bed you know and you're going to bed right after watching tv or you know playing video games or something like that where you're really obsessed and staring at a screen and focus on that it's going to affect the quality of your sleep you know you're going to be exposed to that bright light um, it's going to affect it and make it harder for you to fall asleep and have a deep sleep so if you can really you know find a good time you know expose yourself to dark maybe stretch i mean, trying to stretch and just listen to a podcast or an interesting thought for going to bed, you know, and using my hyperbole, stretching out and pitch black. And I find I have some really, really good deep sleeps, you know, making sure your room is dark as can be, um, you know, eliminating any outside, um, outside light sources or unnecessary noise, and then developing that consistent sleep schedule, you know, limiting caffeine, you know, try not to have caffeine, I usually recommend, you know, maybe six hours before bedtime, um, that's going to be huge, even if you think caffeine doesn't affect you too much, and you don't mind having a coffee before bed, I would limit it because, you know, studies have shown it will affect the quality of your sleep. So Quality of sleep is another big component to feeling more rested. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to add is just Josh was touching on the morning routine, but really optimize your morning routine. Routine. I find the days that I do literally nothing, it's just horrible. But if I sit for five minutes and meditate, five minutes of reading my book, five minutes of stretching, five minutes of whatever it is, I will feel so much better. And it's not only the first hour of the day, but then it carries over to the rest. I have one client who's doing 30 push-ups and 15 split squats because he hates them each leg right before he goes into work and he finds the difference in his mentality with like how he interacts with everyone else and just that whole morning, uh, his energy is way better and it's like literally something so small. Like it's not like it's an hour or two hour task. It's just something that will kind of get you ready for the day. All right, what's next? Next, what is the best way to be less sore when working out new muscles? Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up, just keep going. (laughs) So in reality, it's uh, pretty like impossible to prevent soreness when you're training muscles that you've never trained. And a lot of new clients are just like, oh, is this going to last forever? And obviously it's not because, you know, you're doing something you literally have never done before. Um, But I do think there are like a lot of things that you can do to prevent it or at least like make it a bit better. Um, I would say, you know, for us personally, like we're we're lucky to have like hypervolts. Um, So usually we'll use that for like, you know, whatever, 10 to 15 or 20 minutes uh, a day just to kind of uh, release those muscles and make it feel better you know if you don't have access to that you can use a foam roller you can use a lacrosse ball those things along with stretching will definitely help with recovery but you can also um, even uh, add stuff like a hot epsom salt epsom salt bath um, and this will actually help your muscles recover faster and be less sore i haven't done one of those in a while i mean i know um, there's a lot of studies out there on the i believe they're the ice baths or something like that um you know i've i've dabbled in and out of those. I don't really use them, but this is more for people who are just like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with the soreness. Like, what do I do? Um, These are things that can definitely help you out. 
chances are if you're extremely sore, it's because you're starting a new regimen or you're going from never working out to working out. Um, I always just tell people it gets better, you know, deal with one week of uh, pain, right? All soreness is, is inflammation in the muscles. Um, so they're going to be really inflamed if they aren't exposed. And if you think about it, you know, it's very rare you get sore walking in everyday life. But when you, you know, walk three times more than you normally do, like let's say you walk really far, you actually will become sore. It's just because your body's not adapted, right? So it'll adapt to everything. And if you'd like to learn more about soreness and um, get some more in-depth information, check out episode 90. We have an episode 90 called The Soreness Mean Your Muscles Are Growing. Um, it's a great 10-minute episode, and we kind of go into more depth um, about this topic. So I definitely encourage people uh, to check that out if they'd like more information on the soreness. Um, and another quick thing to add, too, was... Recently, I've been learning a little bit about trigger points. So when a muscle, you know, kind of becomes overly inflamed or overly challenged, um, you know, it can kind of extend it and cause everything around it to pull. And you get these little sensitive areas on your body. And essentially what this does is it can cause, you know, a facade of something being sore in a different area. So you could have a trigger point, point in one part of your muscle and it could be shown to follow a pattern to affect somewhere else. So you could have lower trap, but it's affecting your upper trap. You know, you could have things like um, soreness in your bicep or a trigger point in your bicep affecting your shoulder. And these things can happen so you can always work to kind of massage these out um you know and the best way to do that is with like a hypervolt or um theragun whatever any of those massage guns or rolling it over with like a lacrosse ball or a foam roller like kyle said you know you can do eight to ten passes really massage that out and all if you really think about it you're kind of milking that inflammation out of the muscle and then that can supply more fresh blood to help it heal up and eventually you can work this out if you keep this as a daily thing so you know as you identify and you work on you know your mobility and your recovery you can avoid it a bit but some soreness is to be expected and sometimes you know you can have a crazy workout have no soreness and sometimes you can have an easy workout and be crazy sore you know it's best honestly not to put too too much thought into it but if it's unbearable maybe you want to reduce your load a bit as well i love it what's next el jefe next question what is better for you carbs or the dreaded fats well i guess both of them are pretty well fats make you fat so yeah obviously carbs but yeah carbs, but carbs make me fat yeah too. but carb so I, I can't eat anything carbs go to my hips okay just i'm protein. just gonna have protein then screw it 400 grams here. a day yeah, just we actually knew someone who had 400 grams of protein a day. Um, I saw him recently. I don't remember who that was, but that's pretty. <laughs> uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. we're not gonna name names, Anyways. but anyhow, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people uh, put ton, tons of thought, and I'd say this is one of the things that you know we've had a recent podcast talking about minutia Mary, and and a lot of these people who actually ask questions like this um, aren't doing a proper training regimen. Um, they're not fully tracking their calories or paying attention to protein. So I'd say definitely, you know, a question like this is something that comes near the very end when you have everything nailed down. Um, for me personally, I really find it more so a question of like, what do you actually prefer? Um, obviously I think you need to have a big balance of both. You know, you shouldn't be having 20 grams of fat and then like 300 grams of carbs and it shouldn't be vice versa um, in my opinion unless you're doing keto but I don't like keto and I've never done it and wouldn't do it but anyways the point is I feel like it's a very personal question I don't know what question you. why don't you like keto um, I mean I don't know I just I don't see the true benefits of it and I don't like you know I look at a piece of bread and I'm like if I can fit this in my daily life I like the taste of it and it's not like you know putting me down within my goals and why not enjoy it uh you know i like food too much and i just feel like there's not enough science to prove that it's it's superior to any flexible dieting um eating uh, routine 
So that's just kind of my two cents. I mean, I know some people like it, but for me personally, especially with our online coaching clients, we find that it's it's better to you know find um, for the first couple of weeks like what people actually enjoy more. Obviously, assuming that you're having at least eighty to ninety percent whole healthy foods, you know they obviously do have both purposes um, in in your in your routine. So I I wouldn't say there's like one that's better or the other. But if there's a couple of things we we realize is that a lot of females especially struggle um, with just having enough fat, and it's huge for hormone hormonal purposes so you want to make sure that you're getting enough of that and then carbs i find are a great source of energy so um, i couldn't really give you a thing that's better but i would say you should definitely have them both in your routine and figure out what works best for like your eating schedule you know for me i find usually around 300 grams of carbs and then 100 grams of fat or just under is is what works best with like you know the types of food that i like you know the nuts the avocado um whatever else that i enjoy so that's my personal opinion yeah i think with this question you're really comparing apples to oranges and even you're healing, hearing Kyle's biases, right? Like what he enjoys. And I used to be super high carb, like super, super high carb team. You know, I'd have like 500 carbs, 60 fat. And that's what worked well with me when I was insanely active, you know, and like it's what I felt good on it. And then over time I've switched. And I really enjoy higher fat. Like I said, about 110 grams of fat a day, a little lower carbs, maybe like 280. I've got kind of pivoted and that's just what I've enjoyed. Um, and at the end of the day, you need to say, you know, what makes me feel the best? Like, do you feel the less bloated? Do you feel the most powerful on, you know, the most confident with what fits your style of dieting better? You know, I really love avocado. I love fattier meats. I love um, peanut butter. I really love peanut butter, especially lately. Um, so for me, I've kind of altered to kind of fit that. And for a client, I'll weigh all these things, you know, preference, how it makes them feel. And then also you have to look at how you respond, you know, to carbs blow you up, to fats blow you up. Everyone has different, different sensitivities. Activities. Um, but at the end of the day, I really wouldn't put too much thought into it. You know, unless you're like doing a very intense diet, um, you don't necessarily, they're pretty interchangeable within of themselves. Um, so unless you're like, you know, going pretty hard, I wouldn't worry about it too much. So once again, the hierarchy is caloric um, adherence, then protein adherence, then carbs and fat ratios, and then everything else like timing and all those things. But those are really, really, you know, ladder kind of focuses. They're not going to be your core focuses. Yeah, I had one uh, client, for example, and she thought she like could not have carbs and she was trying to do keto. And, you know, don't get me wrong, she was losing weight. But once, uh, you know, I found that she actually did enjoy having carbs and like really um, they just they stuck well with her. Like the weight was still coming off. You know, she was actually much happier because she said she was able to um, find like the happiness in life because she was able to have more and she didn't you know stick to 30 grams of carbs and was able to actually i think we brought her up to about 120 grams after her thinking like no i have all these intolerances they make me feel horrible i can't do it and now she's like still losing at an extremely steady rate but able to just enjoy life more and like be able to go out with her friends and do all that stuff so it's really something that you have to pay attention to like how you react and uh, i would say also like you want to be careful of things that like you know what's what are you going to binge the most on you know maybe if someone's like going to just binge like a crazy amount on carbs just kind of be careful but it's a very personal thing and uh yeah just do what you want to do and still see results hundo p hundo p what's up next what is your opinion on structuring a pro- oh do you want to give them the background of where these questions are oh from? yeah so um where was it a or while ago it? sorry i can whip it yeah. out yeah so for a long long time ago when we first met scott herman if you know who that is he's another youtuber um you know we were really young at the time must be what 17 yeah just or second year 18 yeah we're 18 years old we were starting our brand you know we're really excited and 
he reached out for us to do a text interview and he actually asked some really good questions. You know, I was just Googling around and looking at stuff and I'm like, oh, these are some fun questions. And we answered these at the time. Um, and, you know, looking at our answers, they're still pretty bread and butter for where we're at now. So we're lucky to have really good influence. And, you know, we dove into the science really early on. Um, so that was a big um, successful factor for us and something we enjoyed. Um, so we're just going to go over, you know, a few of these today and then a few of these in our next episode as well. Um, you know, we have a course next week where we're going to learn some advanced things, you know, work on some symmetry work, you know, some mobility and stability um, learning because those are some areas we want to brush up and really tone up on. Um, so we're really excited for that. We're doing a really high and um, fitness course, uh, which is going to be another great tool in our arsenal. So we're excited for that. So we've got a double down today. We've got to film three or four episodes. So we're going beast mode. Yep. Um, but that's where some of these fun questions are for. So the first question we had was because at the time we really like five by five. So the question was, what is your opinion on structuring a program based on five by five lifts? Is high volume a requirement for muscle gain or do you think it depends on one's genetics? So these are two questions. I realized I messed that up. So let's start with the first one. What is your opinion on structuring a program based on five by five? I love it. Five by five was the beast. I uh, started with it and uh, I saw amazing results like for the first couple of years of lifting. I, yeah, I, I love five by five. If I get anyone new to strength, I mean, five by five is just such a great way to acclimate to a reasonable amount of volume. You know, you have really controlled progressive overload. So usually, you know, you add five pounds each week, you're successful achieving your five by five. You know, you're going to start pretty light, you know, maybe at like 70, 75% of your five rep max. So you're purposely starting lower to kind of go higher. But week to week, you know, you're going to introduce five to 10 pounds, depending on your um, level of comfort. And then for deadlifts, I kind of recommend more of a three by three. Five by five is a little gnarly, but you know, if you can handle volume and you don't find you get injured, you can try that. Um, but it's just incredible for getting comfortable with strength, you know, slowly doing it. I recommend doing this before doing a periodized program. It's just a really, really good intro program that I've done myself and I've had all my strength clients start with. I think it's a huge building block and you can even get a lot from of it from it as an advanced lifter. Yeah, I think it's just very simple to follow. And uh, I, I mean, before thinking of like percentages and doing all this like crazy stuff, that's probably hard to follow. I uh, highly recommend trying it out. And uh, I would never go back and do something different at the beginning of my journey. Is high volume <laughs> for muscle gain? Or do you think it depends on one's uh, genetics? So high volume is an arbitrary term, in my opinion. I mean, like high volume is relative. High volume to me might be insane to someone. It might be a joke to someone else. Like it really depends who it is. So I think high volume in the sense of relativity where to the person where you are progressively overloading within time. So you're introducing volume as you go forward. Yes, I do think that is a prerequisite to muscle gain. I think if you stick with the same volume for the rest of your life, it's like I walk the, about the same amount I have for the last 10 years. You don't see my legs blowing up from me walking or my calves, right? Like I've kind of adapted to that level of volume. So I'm not saying you need extremely high volume, um, but you do need to progressively overload from your base. And everyone's base is going to be different. You know, if you have a background, like if you're a X, you know, like freaking... Uh, college football player, you know, where you're doing two days on the field plus workouts in the gym, uh, you're going to have a great capacity to withstand volume. And, you know, you're going to be able to start at that higher capacity to the, you know, the average, um, you know, office worker who's hunched forward, who's typing a lot, like they're going to have more of a limited capacity, especially when they're not moving as much. So I do think once again, you need to progressively overload to development. Uh, you need to introduce volume as you acclimate and become more experienced, but you also need to be intelligent with that volume. You know, more volume isn't always better if you're not getting good contractions, good focus, 
focused, you know, challenging yourself with loads, doing movements properly and optimally. Uh, so that is something to consider. And also studies have pointed that, you know, the more volume you can handle, kind of the more results you can put on. And that's been relatively new research, even though that's something I've kind of believed pretty much my entire training jersey um, journey. And I started to go away from that because of science, but I was always on the fence because you know, a lot of people saying there was like peak levels of volume, 20, 24 sets. And to me, I'm like, eh, I can take more than that. You know, as someone who does have the capacity to withstand more volume. So I challenged that and I kind of wish I stuck to my guns there. And that's where it's interesting, you know, just because science says something for now, you know, science isn't put in stone either, right? Like science is just trying to find the best answer to something and they're always challenging that answer. That's why you need to be critical of anything. And you need to look at it, yes, from a science approach, but you also need to look at it from, you know, a sense of application, you know, experience that also is important. So, you know, in even as people say, a broken clock is right twice a day. So that's why I like to kind of entertain anything I can look at it intelligently and then make a really formulated decision. But I am a fan of high volume in general, but once again, in terms of relativity and being smart from that. I love it, man. That was a great good enough answer. Yeah, dude. I hope a lot of people can learn from that. Um, I certainly did. Josh is the uh, science guy over here. Science-y. Josh, the science guy. I did uh, zero science in university. How? How does your diet (laughs) and training... No, you didn't? Wait. Well, no. I did... No. Psychology, that doesn't count. Mm. Psychology was brutal. The amount of memorization in psychology. I honestly, like science in terms of school i never enjoyed i really yeah. liked exercise science i took that that was the best course that ever. of course i like because that's applicable right like yeah my problem is with science you know and even math in general i'm sure a lot of people agree you, you learn a lot of things i understand it builds on it and you know complexity but i i instead of taking math even for me because i don't intend to be a mathematician i wish they taught me you know more about percentages and taxes and yeah, how to things like checks. that that i'm actually going to use because you know instead all these things i learned in school i've just gotten rid of and i've had to learn all these things that are applicable to me you know and like same with science in general you you learn a lot about things and you know i did do some anatomy and stuff but at the end of the day i'd rather learn you know exercise science and just really go into that and that's why we constantly invest in ourselves with further further education you know in our field and we try to and we want to get the most bang for a buck you know i don't want to read a whole science textbook where i'm only going to pull two to three percent of information that's applicable to me um so that's kind of where i'm at you know i really want to make sure i'm consuming great content that is very embedded in science and that will really help me grow but i also want to get the most um, bang for my buck in terms of my research I couldn't it's a agree random more. side rant, but um, I think we should end it there because yeah, we got it. a lot to film and a lot to get done um, before next week. Um, but a ton of people, Kyle, have still been inquiring. They said the sales over. It's like, come on, Can guys! Like we told you, the sales done. Like, stop messaging us now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Kyle's in a, a sassy mood today. I, okay, I'm just messing around. Don't step on his toes. I'm just messing around. No, we we do uh, still. I mean, if people are messaging us, like we we can't say no to be truthful. Um, instead of talking to you guys about an offer or like what the pricing is, what the commitment is, just, I highly recommend if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I just want their coaching. I want to try even just one month or two months, you know, without hearing the offers. Cause I don't want to talk about pricing or anything like that. I want to just make sure that you're actually committed and want to reach your goals. Just send us an application, send us a note, say why you should work with us and you know why you won't let us down and uh we'll we'll think about it or send you an email or just send you a video back to see what we can do to help you out that's it just send us a message and uh, we'll see what we can do how can they send us a message head to colossusfitness.com um basically you click the online coaching tab just scroll down there's like three different ways to inquire uh you know the longer the message the more detailed the more information we have back to you to help you and set you up for the rest of your fitness journey 
Thanks for listening, though. We greatly appreciate every single one of you. This is probably another one of our longer episodes. We have to film a couple more, as Josh said. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace!